Welcome to United Talk, where we talk all things Atlanta United. I'm Jackson Popkin, joined by Kyle Soto here back in the Grady Journalism Building in Studio 404, Studio Not Found. Um, been a minute, Kyle. Uh, we had bye week. We had um, game with DC United over the past weekend, um, and then just this past week of injuries on injuries. I don't know what we did to upset the soccer gods, but we've done something. I don't know what sacrifice we need to make to appease them or anything to just get this team back healthy. We thought we were through the injury bugs, but you're never through, I guess. Um, We can go into recap over the win over DC United last Saturday evening. Um, Yet another game left to left till the end. Um, I unfortunately did not get to watch the actual game. I was down in Statesboro for a Tormenta's home opener. But, yeah, looking back at it, um, just through highlights, stats, uh, seemed like an extremely scrappy game. Uh, lots of fouls, lots of shots, too, but very few on target. Um, looking at the expected goals, only one total XG summed up on 14 total shots. And then I think DC was like 0.5 XG also with like double digits in the shots. So not great offensively output wise. Um, a couple big saves from both teams. Um, but yeah, left a lot to be desired um, until Marcelino Moreno just saving their butts at the end with a header that just sort of trickled in somehow, some way. Um, but, yeah, it makes three straight games unbeaten for Atlanta United. Um, and although, like, my heart probably can't take another one of these, I don't know, I'm going to have to, like, bill my medical expenses to Atlanta United for uh, any, <laughs> any like, heart problems I'm going to be developing from watching this team. But, yeah, we're on a roll. We'll see if we can keep it going. Um, yeah, any other takeaways from last weekend? Well, when you said that you were down uh, in Statesboro at the to- at the Tormenta game, my first thought was you probably had more fun than we did, ha- like actually <laughs> watching this game live. Um, like like you said, it was super scrappy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really the best quality game that you know I've seen. I'm sure a lot of people have that same uh, sentiment. But like you said, the three matches unbeaten. Um, you know, it, it's kind of encouraging that this team is finding ways to win, even if it's not super convincing, uh, not super pretty. But, you know, three points are three points, especially on the road where, you know, in, in MLS, going on the road and picking up points is difficult enough. So to walk away with, you know, three points as opposed to, you know, one or zero points, it, it's a good sign. Um, I know the five-stripe final guys mentioned this, but I think last season Atlanta only had like two road wins the entire wow. season or something like that. Um, and, you know, Atlanta already has one this season, and they have a chance to get another one um, on Sunday against Charlotte. So it's... You know, not a terrible result, but the injury concern is where my head's at right now because, like you said, we thought we were out of the gate with that. We thought that, you know, early in preseason and early in the MLS season, you know, we were talking about Marcelino Moreno, Santiago Sosa, um, Franco Ibarra, you know, all coming back from their respective issues. And now we kind of just get we get dealt this trio of injuries that just kind of, you know, it, it's not a good look. It's not a good sign. So, um, you know, we, we can get into that, but that's just kind of my takeaway from the past weekend. So, Yeah. Um, 
Tormenta actually lost 1-0 to North Carolina, who finished last last season in uh, USL League One. So <laughs> I wasn't having a great time watching that either. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, looking at my phone afterwards, seeing 1-0 goal and stoppage time from Moreno, it, it helped a little bit. Um, yeah, so moving on to looking forward to this weekend, um, or just this past week of just pile up injuries, just injuries on injuries on injuries. So Ozzy Alonso, um, the team put out a statement, three players with injuries. Ozzy Alonso, obviously the big one, a torn ACL, likely out for the season, which is really unfortunate considering his age. He was on like a one-year deal, I'm pretty sure. And for this to be maybe his last time playing, um, who like it should be considered a legend of the league, of course, mm-hmm. um, with his time in Seattle, time in Minnesota. Yeah, it's just highly unfortunate because he's 36 years old, so... You have to think with that age and the amount of mileage he's put on his body, you know, a recovery, you know, definitely up for this season. So it's just kind of murky in terms of trying to predict what the future holds for him. And it's pretty unfortunate because, you know, we all know that he played with um, with Gonzalo Pineda and he was under he was on the team when Pineda was an assistant coach up in Seattle. So we know the kind of connection that he has with Pineda. We know what he brings to the team in terms of leadership and on the field quality and just calmness in his play. So I'd say that's probably, you know, apart from Joseph, we don't really know the extent of his injury or, you know, the discomfort in his knee. But I would say that Alonzo, that is probably one of the most worrying injuries that we've come across this season for Atlanta United. So Yeah, and I think it's a good thing that Sosa has recovered mm-hmm. um, in the time frame he has to where he is available to play and can hopefully um, shore up that absence at least play wise I don't know if he's as big of a character in the locker room mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone is really um but yeah it's really unfortunate for him really unfortunate for the team and uh, I hope they can adapt and yeah like you said Joseph with his knee discomfort um went back to his surgeon like the specialty surgeon up in Pittsburgh um I think it was discomfort like from playing in the game uh, this past weekend so yeah, he, yeah. W- he was taken out in like the 60th minute or something. It was. I remember thinking this is kind of early to be taking Joseph out when yeah. you're, especially in a zero-zero. Yeah, game. zero-zero game. So that was definitely worrying. I, I didn't realize at the time that you know it was this serious where he had to go get it checked out again. So, yeah, but it's. I guess it's good that they're sending him to that specialty surgeon to see, um, yeah, if how serious it is, if it needs anything, because like it. Like tearing and like hurting his knee in the same way is not something Atlanta United can afford, um, especially this early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the third injury from that report, uh, Mateus Rosetto, a pulled hamstring. They say he'll be out two to four weeks. Um, obviously, you don't want to rush him back from that uh, and risk you know, irritating it later on in the season. Um, but as another, he's been Rosetto's been a very I don't, I don't know about key player, but he's been very solid. Um, earned a spot in the midfield uh, under Pineda and put in some very good performances um, so far this season. And so that's a shame to lose him. Um, and then a little bit less impactful, but an injury nonetheless. Um, Dylan Castanera, backup goalkeeper, uh, ruptured his Achilles over the past week uh, in training, I believe. So, yeah, injuries on injuries. Um, can't escape the injury bug. It'll be interesting to see this weekend how Atlanta United adapts to that and how Atlanta United can um, 
really how Gonzalo Pineda rather can um, yeah adapt his lineups and keep getting these results with players just dropping like flies. Um, but then in the other direction, uh, Emerson Hyman upgraded from the injury list from out to finally questionable. Um, so obviously you still don't know if we'll see him or not, if he's fully match fit. Um, but we could see some minutes for him against Charlotte and see his inclusion back in the midfield finally because I feel like it's been forever. Yeah, I mean, it's been almost a year yeah. since he since he tore his hamstring, so or pulled his hamstring, rather, or yeah. whatever. ACL, sorry. ACL. Yeah, yeah um, so, yeah. And then there's also Luis Araujo, who right. I don't, honestly don't know what his status is or how far along he is in his recovery process, but... You have to think that, at, you know, coming up soon, he's going to be back in the team, maybe not starting this weekend, but maybe not even in the 18 this weekend, but he could be getting involved again at, at some point. And I think that's, personally, I think he's the best player on the team. He's the he's the biggest game changer in terms of, like, individual ability. Um, and, you know, he's a lot further along in his career than Thiago Amada. Um, that's one guy that we haven't really talked about in terms, in, you know, in the D.C. game. I thought he was very good in the D.C. game. He mm-hmm. was trying these passes, trying to connect with Joseph, and he was just all around a pretty good – it was a pretty good performance from him. So, um, yeah, just kind of tangent there. But Luis Araujo, he could be back soon as well, and that's that's a game-changer in my eyes. Yeah, so. and I'm looking forward to seeing how he and Almada can um, gel together in the attacking midfield in the final third because um, we haven't seen that yet. And those are two of the most impactful players – Atlanta United has um, Arujo's quality in terms of like creating chances, finishing chances, is something that the team's been missing, um, especially that we saw this last game with a lot of chances just not going Atlanta's way and just not being able to really rack up the those big quality chances that you want to see from your attacking players. So um, obviously you don't want to rush them, but as soon as Arujo can get back in the lineup and we can finally see, hopefully Joseph isn't too severe hopefully he can come back but to see him and Moreno and then Almada Aruju all in the field at the same time is something we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting to see Um, and so yeah hopefully that can happen sooner rather than later Uh, in some other uh, non real non-match related news um, or squad related news Atlanta United announcing the American Family Insurance Cup against Pachuca June 14th. Um, Obviously, you'd love to, you know, raise another banner, even if it's your (laughs) own. I don't know if we're going to pull an Orlando City uh, Invitational and uh, raise our own trophy in front of our supporters. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility, I guess, if if they end up winning this thing, this very important match. Yeah. but you pointed out earlier that there's, you know, a couple weeks, um, you know, at the end of May through, like, kind of mid-July or mid-June, rather, and this game would fall about a week before um, their match against Inter-Miami. So maybe they're using this as a way to just build up some fitness again after that break, just maintain that match sharpness. Um, yeah, like, at first, you got to wonder, like, why would they be adding, like, extra, like, congestion for the squad um, but yeah, after like a, it's a solid like three week break. So to have something in there, um, a somewhat meaningful match, um, just to keep them fit and it'll, it'll be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium as well. So keep them, uh, yeah, game ready 
for the continuation of the season. And obviously, like, knock on wood, like, no disrespect to Miami, but that's not really a game that you really need to, I guess, prepare that hard for, like, looking at their most recent results and their form so far this season. Not fantastic, but, um, yeah, hopefully that can be an entertaining game for both sides, injury-free, um, as we always want to see in these like sort of meaningless games, like the all-star game. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll see the uh, American Family Insurance Cup trophy on a TIFO come next season yeah. uh, to show off to all the rest of the teams in the league trophies <laughs> they don't have. Yeah, and you know, if Atlanta wins this this particular game and they go on to win MLS Cup, uh, the Supporter Shield, and the U.S. Open Cup, that could be a quadruple we talk about for centuries. Whoa. So. Um, that is something that we need to remember and keep our eye on. Yeah, just the, uh, the highly yeah. esteemed American Family Insurance Cup. <laughs> the history um, behind it. it it's just every, so historical. Yeah, every player dreams of winning the American Family Insurance Cup. Yeah. It's, what you, it's what you dream about as a little kid laying up at night. Kylian Mbappe has posters of it on his wall <laughs> alongside Ronaldo and Real Madrid. And so that, just, that should tell you where, uh, where it's at in terms of prestige. Mm. And, yeah, speaking of a potential trophy, uh, the U.S. Open Cup draw happening in just a few hours from now. So by the time this is uploaded, uploaded uh, Atlanta United will know their uh, third-round U.S. Open Cup opponent as they enter the competition as the reigning champs. Uh, <laughs> three years Still running. the reigning champs. Three That's years crazy. running. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they're grouped <clears throat> into a regional draw for the next two rounds um, with Chattanooga, Birmingham, and, or Chattanooga FC rather than the Red Wolves, uh, Birmingham Legion, and South Georgia Tormenta, which, if that happens, <laughs> if Atlanta United and Tormenta in a meaningful game happens, I, I will simply pass away. I will not know what to do with myself. Um, that's something that's I've been thinking about, just dreaming about happening since, like, 2015. And so for that to happen, that sort of collision of worlds, um, yeah, don't know what I'll do with myself, but it'll be... It'll be good either way. And now for a quick ad break. All right, so now we're going to transition into the preview section of the show. Um, Obviously, Atlanta United will be traveling up to Charlotte to take on Charlotte FC only a couple weeks after the first meeting between these two teams, which I find kind of interesting. Um, I don't know, I just feel like teams should play each other at kind of different points in the season, but the the, uh, schedule makers have decided this is the way. So Really establish that rivalry. Yeah, and we all know how how people feel about the rivalry aspect, so... (laughs) Um, but yeah, previous meeting between these two teams, obviously a 2-1 win on March uh, 13th, thanks to Jake Mulraney uh, with that late, late winner. Um, I still remember that Marcelino Moreno pass. It so was beautiful. beautiful. So beautiful. It was great. Um, so yeah, obviously, you know, there's a lot of history now between these two teams, uh, a full 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Charlotte's grown since the last time these uh, two teams have played. Um, they beat the Revs 3-1, to and they beat Cincy 2-0 at home. Obviously, beating Cincy isn't the best achievement in the <laughs> world, but when you're a, you know, struggling franchise who just came into the league, who was, you know, struggling to get wins, struggling to score goals, you know, you you got to take the victories where, when they come. So, um, but they did lose to Philly, uh, to Philadelphia last week, uh, zero to two. So, not complete sunshine and rainbows for for Charlotte, but 
you know, they're finding their way. Um, you know, right now they're two wins, four losses on the season. So, um, yeah, just anything you want to say on that? Yeah, so the the Revs and Cincy, obviously the revolution um, that week, they were dealing with Champions League fixtures, mm-hmm. and so really more focused on that. Um, and we were, before we started recording, we were looking at the standings. Um, and other than Atlanta United being in third, which is, like, crazy to think about, um, all of the Champions League teams, none of them are in playoff positions, especially in the Eastern Conference. It's, like, bottom three of the bottom four were all CONCACAF Champions League teams. So, obviously, it's harder for uh, these sides. Um, early on in the season, they got bigger things on their plate. Um, and so to see that 3-1 result, um, isn't as shocking as maybe it would be at a different point in the season. And then Cincy 2-0. Cincy's not, like, the absolute dumpster fire they were last year. I mean, still not fantastic, but, I mean, they held Brandon Vasquez uh, scoreless there, so um, there's something to say. So those two results, at both coming at home, uh, make their home field advantage. They've won two out of their three home games so far, uh, the other one being their first one against LA Galaxy, losing 1-0. So it'll be interesting to see Atlanta United going into that environment um, where they've been getting solid attendances. They've been, uh, home field advantage is getting developed. It's coming along there pretty nicely. So um, it'll also be interesting to see how many Atlanta United supporters travel. If we can travel in the way Charlotte did here, um, that would be, that'd be cool to see because uh, I remember walking into Mercedes-Benz um, sort of behind the Charlotte supporters coming mm-hmm. in, and they were, they were electric. They were fired up for it, and then obviously scoring their first goal. Yeah, in in club history helps. Yeah, it's cool to see that you know because for most MLS teams, like it's n- just not really plausible to like go to an away game. Just you know the the distance between the cities. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool when you know opposition teams and fans are able to like actually pull up to the game and in big numbers and actually make themselves noticed and you know, add another element to it. So it'll be cool to see if Atlanta can do that. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will be going. I remember the, the Nashville game back in 2020, uh, the before times. <laughs> um, you know, there were a lot of Atlanta fans there, so I'm sure that there there's going to be a lot uh, this, yeah. this upcoming return, Sunday. Really return the favor. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Um, but on the field for Charlotte FC, um, we've been sort of learning about their roster as their season's going along, about their roster build. And really three players have stood out. Um Ben Bender, Christian Kalina, and um, their forward, their Polish DP forward, uh, Swiderski, are all shaping up to be key players for the Charlotte FC squad. Um, Swiderski uh, has scored four goals in five games now, um, so he's been really kicking it into gear lately, um, getting on the score sheet. Uh, Ben Bender, we saw him make an impact that last game they had against Atlanta United um, as a super draft pick. Um, Dare I say the next Julian Gressel? Uh, coming out of the Super Draft and really uh, becoming a key player for the team um, in the midfield, really creating, I think it's like he's got like eight chances created, leads the team. Uh, and then obviously Christian Kalina, we saw him come up big multiple times uh, in the Atlanta United game, stopping Joseph um, with some insane saves. So he actually leads the league now in saves, uh, 25 total on the year. And as well, they'll have a new... Uh, designated player arriving this week um their technical director says it's ambitious to think he'll be ready for the atlanta united game uh recovering from injury um 
Yeah, Camille Joswiak signed from Derby County uh, over in the championship, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see what the team looks like with him added in, maybe some extra bite and attack. But that may come at a later date. Um, some people, I was looking on Twitter trying to see the Charlotte FC supporters feel about him arriving. Um, they think he may get some minutes in at the end uh, just to sort of test him out if he's ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like the technical director called it ambitious. Um, so I, I would say it's not too likely considering his time with the team. He might still be getting settled in Charlotte. So Atlanta may dodge a bullet not having to deal with a, another designated player for Charlotte. Yeah, and you know maybe Anton Walks will feature in this game. I, I, he played last week against uh, against Philly, so you know it, it it was unfortunate that he wasn't able to play in you know Charlotte's visit to Atlanta. So hopefully he can play in this game, and it would be cool to see him see him again um, on the field. So yeah, I saw they put out a video um, of Anton putting out saying some sort of statement about how. Um, He'll be ready for this weekend, and he's got, like, personal relationships, but that all leaves uh, when he steps on the field. But I don't know. It's kind of like they just sort of, like, sat him down in, like, the film room or something and just, like, talk about Atlanta United for, like, 30 seconds so we can post it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of a funny thing to see. Um, but, yeah, it would be, it'd be cool to see him. Uh, I know he, was, he didn't make the 18 uh, against Atlanta United, but um, – yeah, it was cool to see him like sort of mingling with the Atlanta United players after their game and um, catching up. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't be great to see him against Atlanta United and like you know, just our luck he would be the like key player there. Um, you can see it happening now. But so yeah, it'll be cool to see um, him feature. But it'll be interesting, also interesting to see how Atlanta United can adapt to their new roster situation, um, especially in midfield and attack. Um, so we'll just go over some options, I guess, that, Atlanta, that Gonzalo Pineda might have in setting up Atlanta United this weekend. So with Ozzy Alonso and Mateus Rosetto out for this game, uh, it'll be an interesting new lineup, uh, midfield three in the lineup. Uh, you could have Santiago Sosa, obviously the – First one that comes to mind in Alonso's place. Um, you'll have Moreno, you assume, at um, center attacking mid, but that other midfield spot seems up for grabs. Uh, could be Franco Ibarra, could be Omar Sadik, um, maybe Emerson Hyndman now that he's listed as questionable, but I would see him more as a sub mm-hmm. option than a starting option. Um, and then in attack, Dom's wire is back after serving his red card suspension for that. Uh, <laughs> beautiful tackle <laughs> coming in minutes uh, into the Montreal game. but So Dom's wire is available. Jackson Conway, um, I would probably, that's probably my number one option um, in place of Joseph Martinez this weekend, considering he, uh, he LA United 2's game, uh, what, two weeks ago, I think, um, came with a 4-1 victory. Uh, Conway with a hat trick against the battery. Um, so he seems to be in good form. Uh, I'd like to see him feature in the starting 11, but another player coming in just this past week, Ronaldo Cisneros uh, on loan from Shivas, um, is a forward option for this weekend. 
Uh, I did a little bit of a deep dive in them before coming in to this podcast, but according to Transfer Market, 22 minutes and five appearances from the bench over the past fall, spring, uh, both of those seasons in Liga MX. So really not featuring for his club in Mexico. Um, He scored one goal back October 17th um, against Toluca. Uh, They were up 1-0. Ronaldo gets subbed in 93rd minute. Uh, They break away on a counter. He finishes it off um, in the 95th minute. And that's about all I know of Ronaldo. So pretty much an unknown um, just overall. So I wouldn't expect maybe off the bench. Um, I would not expect him to be the answer for um, replacing Joseph. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know. Maybe you didn't see this like in the highlight reel or anything, but Jackson Conway missed not like a sitter, but it was a pretty, (laughs) it was a pretty bad effort. Like Tiago Amada like teed him up and it was like right on the PK mark. Mm. So I don't know. I I feel like I'll just start with Dwyer just because like I know he's like a proven player in this league. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously he had, he he hasn't had the best goal scoring record in the past like two seasons or so either, um, but that's just kind of who I would start with. Um, but you know, obviously I want Conway to do well, and then I think the biggest question mark right now is just the midfield because you know, um, Ozzy Alonso and uh, Mateus Rosetsu they they've been eating up a lot of the minutes in that midfield. So, and another aspect of this is like you know Santiago Sosa, Franco Ibarra, Heinemann. You know, they're all coming off these, like, kind of long-term-ish injuries. Mm-hmm. And with these two players being out, you kind of have to rush these guys back in a little bit. And down the road, that could lead to more issues. So, I mean, we talked about this earlier, but the just the injury situation right now is not ideal in any sense. Um, but, I don't know, I think I would go with Sadich and Sosa in the midfield. Um, and then, you know, obviously Moreno in, in that more of attacking role. And then, you know, maybe Moreno and Thiago Almada will be rotating a little bit like they were last week against D.C. So, you know, the different ways that Pineda can deal with this are kind of dwindling just because, you know, players are dropping like flies. But um, there are a few different options. And like you said, Ronaldo, uh, he could debut, but don't know much about him. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's the same deal like with uh, Dom Dwyer. You really don't know much until he gets on the field. Yep. Might shock a few people. Yep. Just really don't know. Go either way. Um, and then another addition for this uh, weekend, Miles Robinson coming back from his time with the United States, qualifying for the World Cup. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Uh, USA. So it'll be it'll be good to have him back. Um, obviously, the uh, Campbell-Franco pairing uh, wasn't fantastic against D.C. from what I saw. So um, good to have Miles back uh, holding down the defense, and, um, yeah, looking forward to this November. Yep. Uh, crazy draw. You got uh, England, you got Iran, and then you got one of Wales, Scotland, and uh, Ukraine. So, yeah, that England game. I'm excited. Day after Thanksgiving. Ooh, I'm excited. Going to be gonna be hectic. It's, it's, already, already, <laughs> it's already getting toxic. <laughs> the interwebs are already super toxic between the two fan bases. But do you think we have a chance? Do you think the U.S. has a chance to – Get a win over England. I mean, so in World Cup history, men's and women's, the United States has never lost to England. And I love bringing that up to any England fan. Yep. Um, but, yeah, winning record against England. Uh, the U.S. tends to show up, especially when put in underdog situations. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to how it shakes out. Obviously, we've got so many months ahead of us yeah. uh, in terms of roster uh, and potential rosters for the World Cup, injuries, form, all that. But, yeah, could have another 2010 repeat. I mean, won the group there. So, I don't know, it's just so so fun, so satisfying to be able to talk about the United States in the World Cup again after, uh, what, eight years mm-hmm. of absence. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, um, I'm excited, though, for sure. And I'm hoping, like, you know, obviously I think Miles will be on that roster. Um, hopefully Bello can get yeah, in there, can, too. If Bello can stake his claim in, um, yeah, in Germany and really... Hopefully he can stay in the Bundesliga. Yeah, that would help his case a lot. Uh, would would help. But, yeah, hopefully he can sort of stake his claim. Uh, again, I don't know if he'll take Anthony Robinson. Seems to have that spot locked down at left back. But, um, yeah, if you were to see him included in that roster, which could be changed from 23 to 26 players, I saw. So, yeah, a George Bell inclusion. Um, I guess that's it as far as Atlanta United U.S. men's national team players are concerned. Um, Unless George Campbell just explodes yeah, this year. George Campbell or, can <laughs> turn it up. Um, trying to think who else. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, Brad Guzan's a little bit over the hill in terms of Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you can see him uh, making a claim to be in Qatar. Uh, but Miles seems to have the at least one of the center back slots locked down for sure, under Greg Berhalter. So that'll be fun to look forward to. And then the World Cup, uh, obviously next year, coming after the MLS season, uh, will be will be nice to not have so many players absent, especially in the knockout rounds when uh, MLS play resumed, like in 2018. Um, so, yeah, these players coming off of their MLS seasons, uh, they should have a bigger impact, you would think, uh, in this 22 World Cup which would just reflect great on the league, reflect, reflect well on the team as a whole. Um, and, yeah, hopefully USA can put on a good showing, um, really turn these uh, negative opinions around that I think to the casual sports fan, you think of the men's national team as just, you know, oh, the team that didn't make the World Cup, trash, garbage. So hopefully they can change um, the stereotype from that and really give – uh, soccer in this country uh, a better reputation so that'll be something to look forward to come up this fall um, but yeah so this game the game this weekend though going back to it a 130 kickoff uh, on ABC big time TV uh, up in Charlotte so hopefully LA and I can put on a good showing and um, increase their reputation as well uh, in front of a national audience so 130 on Sunday ABC, looking forward to it. Um, and, yeah, we can wrap up now with a little bit of fantasy talk. Uh, this past week for me, fantasy-wise, it was a double game week, so obviously you love loading up on those players. But it seems like I didn't really load up on the right ones because I had multiple players just not featuring. Um, I guess Galese for Orlando uh, was just hurt, so I got – Zero goalkeeper points. Well, I had Alec Can on the bench. I think he auto-subbed, actually. But he didn't do too hot either. Only three points from two games. So I think I won my 
soccer down here head to head by like one point. <laughs> so we just barely squeaking it out. But yeah, my overall rank fell. I, w- I remember I was like up in like the 200s. I was feeling good. I dropped like now I'm in like mid 500s. So a little bit of a downturn this week. Um, yeah, Kyle, I know. <laughs> I don't know if you're still keeping up with it. No, I'm not. <laughs> but this is the week I turn it around. All right, this is where. Actually, okay, I'm not going to commit to this, but <laughs> I might. I might turn it around. The thing. Okay, I've tried doing like fantasy sports before. Like I've tried doing like the Premier League fantasy stuff, but I just I don't know what it is. Like the con- I love like the concept is fun. Like I love the concept, but I just cannot remember to go in every week and change my team up. Like I just can't do it. But I might. I'm going to try. I'm going to try for next week. Um, I'm going to aim for like. I don't know. I think the most points I've gotten in a week was like 81 or something. I'm actually checking right now. Yeah, it's Let's a solid score. <laughs> yeah, by far the most I've gotten. So, going to try to beat that this week. But Yeah, I think the average last week was not that high either. Yeah, I think the average last week was around, yeah, it looks like it's around 65 points. So, I mean, you're not the only one, maybe, um, you know, Losing focus on their team, I'm <laughs> sure, because there's a lot of effort now with the whole like new team every week type thing. Um, but yeah, for this next week, uh, when for people looking to recover, I would suggest loading up on New England. They're playing Miami. Miami is winless. Miami is not good, um, especially with Carl's heel, uh, his MVP caliber status. Um, should get, you would expect him to get a high score against Miami, just in terms of total contribution, bonus points, all that. Um, and yeah, so other than that, just sticking with your steady performers, Lucas Celerion, players with high floors like that, MVP um, candidates. And then uh, finally this week in the MLS schedule, you have El Trafico, and those always tend to be some pretty energetic, pretty high-scoring games. you got uh, Chicharito versus Carlos Vela. Um, <laughs> looking forward to that. And I saw they put out a video last week for the El Trafico game where, it, like, it was sort of like a unity post uh, for, like, no violence between the fans, which seems, like, really serious. But they also put it out on April Fool's Day. <laughs> so that's just unfortunate timing, I guess. Um, but, yeah, those games are always entertaining, um, hopefully for the right reasons, not any sort of um, fan misconduct reasons. Um so, yeah, looking forward to that, this upcoming week in MLS as a whole. Uh, hopefully Atlanta United can uh, only go up in the standings. Uh, third place, not too shabby. And finally, uh, we'll get into some shout-outs of the week. Um, so other than me being a homer and saying Tormenta beating Charleston and Atlanta United not having to play Charleston in the Open Cup anymore, um, uh, I'll give it to the Michigan Stars owner for their Open Cup Uh this past uh, few days, uh, they took on Detroit City uh, in round two, lost 3-0. I mean, it was a pretty one-sided game. But as you know, Detroit City fans, um, you might know, have a bit of a reputation. So in that game, after the game, uh, the Michigan Stars president put out a tweet saying, to all the soccer fans around the world that follow the Michigan Stars, um, <laughs> Yesterday, we played a game for the U.S. Open Cup where we got sabotaged with smoke, darkness, and smell. Um, Asked the match officials multiple times to take charge unsuccessfully. We hope no team has to go through this. Um, Yeah, 
they've been getting ratioed extremely hard <laughs> on that, <laughs> like 422 quote tweets, um, just trying to cope with that loss against, uh, I, you'd say it's a rivalry, but like Michigan Stars, um, it's pretty, pretty one-sided, pretty one-sided. So that's been getting <laughs> joked about pretty hard uh, over the past few days. Um, yeah, my, my question is the smell. Was the smell really that bad? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess we'll never know, but... Yeah, apparently that's enough to completely sabotage a game. No other team in the world ever does smoke bombs or anything like that. <laughs> um, so, really unfortunate for Michigan Stars to have to have to go through that. You really feel for them. Um, and one final shout-out to whoever we have to give a shout-out to to stop the injuries. Please. <laughs> Please, yeah, it's it's getting ridiculous now. It's getting ridiculous. So bear us, please. Um, so hopefully, yeah, no more injuries. Prayers up, and um, yeah, looking forward to this weekend. Like I said, one thirty kickoff, ABC. We'll see if Atlanta United can keep up their unbeaten run. Um, yeah. Any closing thoughts, Kyle? No, I'm just looking forward to getting back into the groove of things. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, after this upcoming game on Sunday, we'll be back in the Benz, or I'll be back in the Benz next Saturday. So um, it'll be cool to be back kind of, like I said, getting to the groove of things. Um, you know, good chance for Atlanta to at least pick up one point on the road. Uh, you know, like we said, road games are a bit more difficult than home games. But, you know, Atlanta, I think they have the quality um, to get something out of this game. So looking forward to it. I guess I'll throw in a score prediction. Mm, um, yeah. I'll say three, ooh, no, actually two nil, two nil. Two nil. Atlanta's going to get their second clean sheet of the season, mm. and Dom Dwyer is going to score, and okay. Tiago Amato is okay. going to score. He's going to score again, so ooh. that's my prediction. Yeah, I'll go I'll go 1-1 one, one draw. Um, I think Atlanta United is still going to be trying to cope with some absences, and obviously I don't know how if they'll be able to improve on their performance against D.C. That was pretty lackluster, not going to lie. So hopefully we can come out like a point on the road is still a good result in this league. Um, and then, yeah, just this upcoming schedule um, coming up next week against Cincinnati and then enter Miami. Uh, you're hoping for a lot of points there um, in these next few games. And yeah, hopefully cl- keep climbing the table, keep securing that playoff spot. And um, yeah, hopefully by the time these players come back from injury, we have a full roster, God willing. Um, will be in a pretty secure spot and can keep challenging for potentially a supporter shield. And the quadruple. And the quadruple. the quadruple. Can't forget the American Family Insurance Cup, the coveted, coveted American Family Insurance Cup. Stuff of dreams. But, well, I, th- I think that's it. I think that's it. So, all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, we will be back in your ears, I guess, this upcoming Friday, or next Friday, after this uh, upcoming weekend against Charlotte. So, we'll talk to you then.